Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. And as always, I got my co-host, my battle buddy, my brother from another mother, the one and only Mr. Brian Barefoot, a.k.a. Big Sarge. What's going on, y'all? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? Man, it's been a long week so far. It's only Tuesday, but we had a crazy, crazy weekend, man. Yeah, bro. Long. I had a long weekend, long sports weekend, so. Uh, yeah, and now I'm sitting here and trying to make sure that I can see who the Astros are going to face next and flipping back and forth between that and watching my Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, man, you had to pull double duty this weekend, man, so uh, this past weekend, so I know you dog tired, but you know what? The show must go on. We got to get the people what they want, man. Yeah, most definitely, bro. So before we get into the nitty-gritty, man, go ahead and tell them where they can find you at battle. Uh, you can find me at now. You can find me at uh, Big Star Sports with a Z on the end dot com, and mm. on there you have all my social media, every way to get in contact with me. It's my Instagram, my Facebook, my um, my um, uh, Twitter, and so it's everything. My articles, all that is on uh, Big Star Sports with a Z at the end dot com. All right, so hey. That's the website. That's kind of like our little sub outlet. So, you know, it all starts with my big brother right here, Mr. Brian Barefield. He is the man. He's the backbone, man. Like, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't nothing without my big bro. So everything. Oh, man, appreciate that. <laughs> everything kind of right directs off of you. And, you know, we just kind of feed off of it. So, you know, definitely I'm actually going to be writing uh, articles as well. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton. Find me on Facebook at Eric Compton. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness, that's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. And also, uh, I think I'm going to do a piece when I uh, go to the Raiders game this later on this month, Phoebe. So um, look okay. out for that. I'll probably be doing uh, – I'll do an NBA preview, season preview, being the fact that tip-off is next week as well. So I'll work on two pieces for uh, for the website. So check out what, uh, what the kid can do as well because uh, I got a nice little mean uh, jab as well. Uh, Coming off of my uh, my Jedi Master, but uh, anywho, we'll go ahead and get into some of these games, man. So you know, me and you played a little one word game to see who won, who lost. Uh, were there anything that kind of shocked you off of you know just kind of basing off of last week? As far as uh, the NFL is concerned, oh yeah, definitely for the NFL. My bad. Yes, I was surprised that the Jets blew Denver out. I yeah. don't know what's going on with Denver, and I don't know. I don't see how that defense allowed a rookie quarterback to put up that many points on them. Hey, you know what? What's going? You know, I know we had a little pre-production meeting, but I definitely want to kind of just ease on into that real quick because uh, that was definitely a, a sleeper that I think you know pretty much everybody outside of the metropolitan New York area probably picked Denver to win that game because uh, Sam Darnold has looked. You know, he hasn't looked right since week one, where you know they had already kind of anointed him with the the Joe Namath uh, finger wagon of uh, guaranteeing him that Super Bowl win. But, uh, you know, they kind of uh, rushed the process a little bit too soon. And uh, next thing you know it, they beat the, they beat the Denver Broncos 34-16. And, you know, you kind of brought up something about Denver. I've never been sold ever since they won that Super Bowl, um, what was it, about two years ago against the Carolina Panthers. I haven't been a big Denver fan. And I, that's not being the fact that I'm an a Oakland Raiders guy, but I've just never been impressed with them. Like, if you take away Von Miller – and Derek Wolf off that off that defense. Like Keith Talib is gone. Like they're not a good like there's they're not a really good defense. You know, Brandon, what about Chris Harris? 
Chris Harris is okay. He's a serviceable cornerback, but when you take a keep to leave, there's so many other cornerbacks that I can name right now that I would take over Chris Harris. You got Xavier Rose from Minnesota, um, Jalen Ramsey. Like he's a he's a top ten cornerback, but I don't. You know, I think with a key to leave gone over there with him moving to the L.A. Rams, that's kind of exposed uh, Chris Harris a little bit more, and he's getting you know he's getting more targets towards his side of the field now. Oh yeah, most definitely. I don't, I don't. I'm not a Denver Broncos fan. I just really like Von Miller, and I just don't know how. I mean, in the last two or three weeks, I haven't really heard anything from Von Miller, and it's starting to. You know, I don't know if they're double teaming him, chipping him, or what, but. I'm starting to say, okay, uh, what's really going on with that Denver defense? You brought up Chris Harris. I just thought about Pac-Man Jones is still playing in the, in the league, and he played for Denver. Oh, wow. <laughs> Pac-Man Jones? I, call, I don't even call him Pac-Man no more. I call him two-piece. There you go. Yeah, over there at the ATL airport, man. But, uh, yeah, he over there. So, I mean, and he's actually been, you know, somewhat of, a, somewhat of a role model in the NFL. You know, he's kept his nose clean after his rookie season where this dude went from, you know, being all over the place to being in WWE wrestling for a little while. And, you know, he's kind of – He's kind of chilled out, man. He's matured. But, yeah, man, I've just never been really, really sold on Denver ever since they won the Super Bowl. And, I mean, I didn't even think they were really that the, 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 the decisive team that year either. So, you know, but I was definitely shocked with the New York Jets just uh, mollywhopping the Denver Broncos like that. But, uh, you know, I think another game that was speaking of mollywopping in AFC West, man, pfft, bro, what did Kansas City do to Jackson? But they made Blake Borders look like Blake Borders uh, two years ago. Yeah, they really did, man. And uh, speaking with a big game, James Coleman, a day out of Jacksonville, he covers the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars mm-hmm. down there. And he just says that, you know, you can't – he says the defense is, uh, is is having some issues. And, you know, with them not – with the offense not having a serviceable running game, mm-hmm. then it's causing Blake Bortles to be something that he's not. And so right. it's, it's taking away a lot from them and from the uh, – from the defense as well. Well, yeah, you know, you take away Leonard Fournette away. Um, I believe T.J. Yeldon is uh, banged up. Their third string running back broke his leg. Um, I saw today that they signed Jamal Charles uh, yep. to a one-year deal. So uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see. But, you know, like you said, not to mention, you know, and, not, mm-hmm. and I'm not stalling out Allen Hearns or Allen Robinson, but those mm-hmm. were two. And Marquise Lee being out this year for injury, uh, due to injury right there. In Jacksonville, with Allen Hearns, I believe, going to the Bears and Robinson went to the Cowboys, or I may have that mixed up because both of their first names are Allen. I definitely think that that's kind of hurting Blake Bortles as well. I think uh, the Westbrook kid is nice, but, uh, you know, uh, there's only so much he, he has there at, in his receiving core. But, um, you know, I've been, I've been very, I've been hard on the Kansas City uh, Chiefs defense, but, bro, they showed out yesterday. I think they had two defensive touchdowns. You know, Patrick Mahomes looked like he looked uh, he looked mortal yesterday. Like he looked like a a normal quarterback. This didn't the dude didn't look like Superman. It looked like he got a little bit of kryptonite on him, um, but he still had a, a a very good game. But uh, if anything, it was a Kansas City. If anyone's defense, if I think you and I could say, maybe if anyone's defense we expected to see it was Jacksonville's defense, not Kansas City. And Kansas City's defense, just so they played out of the an elite level. Yeah, I, I was. Uh, you know, but that's you know the the week before they didn't play. Uh, they didn't play bad either. It's going to be a great test to see what they're going to do with this, you know, this big game they got coming up here soon. But I mean, didn't on last week uh, when they beat Denver? Do you remember? I can't remember the, the the defensive back's name, but did you see him go in and snatch the ball out of the guy's arm as he's falling down to get the interception? You remember that play? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, you're right. Um, that that's like well, that that made me say, well, Kansas City don't have a bad defense at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I think they're more of the men, bend but don't break. But yesterday, I think they scored two defensive touchdowns. So 
Um, it'll be definitely interesting to see because, you know, like we said, Kansas City comes out the blocks like track stars, bro. Like, they always rip off five to seven games. Um, the first five to seven games, they may go f- anywhere between, you know, five and two to six and one or even seven and zero. Oh, and next thing you know, at the back half of the season, they start to fizzle out. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super-duper impressed with Patrick Mahomes. He's still, even though I think he had a rushing touchdown through two interceptions yesterday, he still he just looks so poised. And he looks like he's so natural at, that posi- at the quarterback position with this being his first full year of the season, man. But um, I think hands down he's my league MVP right now, bro. It, 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 wow. Okay. Uh, if I had – let me see. I don't even know if I would – oh, excuse that, bro. We got some bad weather coming in down here. I'm trying to think if I had to pick – a league MVP, who would I pick? Oh, man. You know, I may have to go with Jared Goff right now. Ooh, okay. 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 Not I a mean, bad pick. It's not a bad yeah. pick. Nah. Can't go wrong with either one. Jared Goff has been uh, holding it down. But uh, yeah. What about uh, Drew Brees, too, man? I did not realize Drew Brees has not thrown an interception this year. Oh, wow. I mean, Drew Brees didn't even throw, like, an, inter- an incomplete pass last night. He was like twenty six for twenty nine. So I mean, you talking about he ain't throwing interceptions, dude? Ain't throwing any incomplete passes. So I right, it's <laughs> crazy. BB, if I had to ask you a question, bro, if I sat and said this week one of our kickoff season show, and week five that the Cleveland Browns would have a better record than the Pittsburgh Steelers, would you believe me? Yes or no? Uh, no, I would not believe you. But believe it or not, bro. The Cleveland Browns has a better record than the Pittsburgh Steelers right now in the division. I don't know, man. On yesterday on the show, I made a case for it. Cleveland could, could Cleveland could, should be five and zero. Oh. But if you really want to, you really want to break it down. Cleveland should be five and zero. Oh. I haven't seen a team that's actually beat them yet. No, no, you're, you're absolutely I right. Seen a team, yeah, I haven't seen a team actually just come out and flat out beat them. No, they made a lot of mistakes uh, as far as games are concerned and they beat themselves i think they, mm-hmm. they snuck up on a lot of people and surprised a lot of people the culture in cleveland is just changed you know you bring in cats like jarvis landry uh uh miles garrett i believe the first round draft pick of not the 2017 season but the 2016 season is just a freak of nature um the cat from ohio state that they drafted right after they got baker mayfield denzel ward is a mean cornerback like that db is mean as i don't know what like he can play out flat out cover a whole side of the field and you ain't going to get nothing over him. Jamie Collins is over there doing his thing. Um, I, what, you know, what's, what kind of trips me out is uh, Chubb. I, I, uh, Nick Chubb is, I think he, he was slept on probably in this NFL draft. Nick Chubb is a monster when he played at University of Georgia, bro. Like he was a monster in that, uh, that um, you know, I think he backed up Todd Gurley and then he also had Sonny Michelle as well. So that whole staple of running backs out of Georgia has just been awesome. But Nick Chubb, like I think, I think when he played the Raiders last week, he had like three carries for over 125 yards, and two of them were for touchdowns. So um, it's crazy to sit there and see how the Cleveland Browns have so like have just changed, turned it around this past you know season alone. And uh, you know, I told you, man, Baltimore is not. I have not been impressed with Baltimore. I know you were very, very high on them yesterday, and you expected them to win. But I told you, I, I haven't been impressed with Baltimore. And I didn't think that they were that good. And I think yesterday kind of showed up that, you know, Baltimore had, you know, they are who I thought they were. They're, they're an okay team. They're, they, I don't think they turned that corner just yet. Hey, man, listen, I was surprised that Baltimore didn't play better um, yesterday either. I was, but I also, that that's, I'm starting to believe in, in, in Cleveland's defense, man. And hey, listen, you go back and you check the tape. What did I say? Nick Chubb was going to be a surprise for the Cleveland uh, Cleveland Browns. It's on wax, bro. It is yeah, on I wax. Said, it's I on said wax. That Nick Chubb was, and so 
Uh, I'm just really impressed by uh, uh, the defense for the Cleveland Browns. Hey, is the former for, uh, the former Saints defensive coordinator over there? Greg Williams. Yes. Bounty Hunter guy. Yeah. Bounty get yeah he's over there yeah he's he's a defense coordinator for this uh for the Browns. That's why I'm not surprised that the Browns are doing great. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. But uh, yeah. we're going to transition to the uh, central part of the country. And uh, I, me, me, you, you know, you my big bro, but I told you about the Detroit Lions, bro. I'm not, I don't know what's going on in Green Bay right now, but I told you Detroit was going to beat the Packers, bro. Yeah. Uh, but you know what, though? I mean, come on now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold on. That's the equivalent of saying, see, I told you that the Texans was going to beat the Colts uh, two weeks ago. And you'd be like, yeah, but Frank Reich went for it on fourth down. On yesterday, Mason Crosby missed five kicks. How? What was the last time you've known Mason Crosby to miss two kicks in the game, bro? That, let alone one kick at that. You know, like you said, um, Mason Crosby had an epic meltdown. Like, that's that's like a pitcher throwing, like, five wild pitches back-to-back. He remind me of um, – Rick and Kill. You remember that dude, Rick and Kill from I, St. Louis Cardinals? I do. He I like he where he just he just fried out and just couldn't pitch over the mound. Yep. That's exactly what happened with Mason Crosby yesterday, where he just fried out and just had a epic meltdown. But you know what? At the same time, BB, yes, uh, Mason Crosby missed five field goals, uh, four four field goals, and an extra point. I blame that on Mike McCarthy. I blame that on Mike McCarthy because after two field goals, there ain't no way in the world I just have to kept sticking Mason Crosby out there. And, and trying to go for these field goals. I would have had Aaron Rodgers out there, probably the best quarterback ever to play the game. And I'm like, yo, depending on the field position, I'm going for these fourth downs. There's no reason why I'm going to sit there and put Mason Crosby. Because you got to think about it, man. The kicker's probably the most isolated position in the game of football out of anything else. You have everyone else that plays more of a team. It's a team concept. But when it's out there and it comes down to the kicker, like, it's on him. So there's no way I could have put that there after seeing him, two, seeing him miss two of those field goals in the first half. Oh, no, bro. We're going for everything, bro. Two-point conversions, everything. And just, you know, because who's to sit there and say this may affect them long-term now? Exactly. So, exactly. so I, blame that, I blame that game on Mike McCarthy. Uh, and he needs, to, he needs to own up on that because if you're going for what? What is that? Anywhere between 40, 42 to 52-yarders, you're already on the opponent's, what, 30-some yard field goal, 30-yard line. So you might as well go ahead. You're already in no man's land, so it doesn't matter if you punt or – trying to kick a field like you're in no man's line you should you should have went for it. you but just play the field position game at that point so i blame hey look bro we seen what miss miss kicks did to uh ray finkel <laughs> yeah exactly exactly <laughs> or um what's the other guy the grammatica brothers too they were they were sending shanking uh kicks left and right after they were running around the field after they would make an extra point so um you know a kick is just that de- that's definitely a position where you you go on a string like that and just start missing them that can fry you out bro Hey bro, did you see where the kicker from uh did you see where the kicker from Florida State got hurt doing warm-ups? Oh, I think I heard about that. <laughs> exactly, bro. It's just like, um, okay. Right. But um <laughs> but you know, on on the other hand, you know, you gotta get a credit to Detroit. The Detroit Lions have kind of flipped it around after that epic meltdown with uh Mr. Matt Patricia with the number I still don't understand why he got a number two pencil on that laminate card, but hey man, if he liked that right if he wants to rock it out, then let him go ahead and rock it out. But um um, you got to give credit to the Detroit Lions, man. They've kind of turned it around after that week one epic failure of a loss they had. And, um, you know, they, they've, been, they've been putting together some solid games. You know, they beat the New England Patriots, and, you know, they got a division one against the Packers, and these division wins, they don't come – they ain't easy, bro. Exactly. It is not at all, period. 
But yeah, hey, another game that uh, you know, I think we definitely got to talk about, bro. What is going on in Hot Lanta, bro? Because they looking like Booty Lanta right now. Hey, listen, man. I I, I talked about this, and we, I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. When you don't, man, Julio Jones has has no touchdowns in five games again. None, zero. And then you know, at one point, I, I thought that we, uh, I thought that the fans and the media and the and the talking pundits were were saying how great the Coleman and Freeman connection would be. Well, now that Freeman is out, Coleman, you're the man, but you only have 225 yards rushing for this <laughs> season, you know. And so Matt Ryan isn't having a bad year, but by the same token, man, there's no way that Julio Jones should have zero touchdowns. But man, look, I looked up, I looked it up. You know that he's only reached double digits in uh, touchdowns one time in his entire career, bro. And I think that was his second year in the league. And then the next highs, he had two years with eight. Then he had years with six. And then last year he had three. Uh, so I guess he's on pace for at least, what, another eight this year? Eight touchdowns? You think he'll get eight touchdowns catching this year? Do you see what I'm saying? It, is, now, isn't that a shame that we have to even say that about a, a high caliber, high function, and high – um, talented wide receiver like Julio Jones. And I mean, listen, I, and on the other side, I know that they have a lot of uh, injuries on the defensive side of the ball. They've given up, uh, I think, like 121 points, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. somewhere like that in the last three games. But, I mean, you're, you're talking about the NFL where a lot of people are injured. The Rams mm-hmm. are injured, too. They're, they're banged still, up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And they're still going. Let me ask you this question. Who, let me ask you this question, B, because these two wide receivers – I looked at the numbers, and this certain wide receiver has only been named an All-Pro, I believe, one time in his career. And I think last year he had double-digit touchdowns. Who's a better wide receiver, A.J. Green or Julio Jones? Wow. I'm going to give – man, I think I, I still have to give it to Quintaris, man. Julio, <laughs> I got to give it to Quintaris, man, because I, I think that he's a – I don't. I don't want to say he's a better route runner. He's a he's a bigger target, so I I can post him up. I can make him run five to seven yards, turn around, post up, and I know that he'll make the catch. I know that he'll make any catch. But then AJ Green will too. I think that it'll come down to man because AJ Green already got five touchdowns this year, man. Yeah, that 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 is true. But you know what though, I would still take Julio because I think that you get rid of Steve Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got rid of uh, you get him in the right system with the right um, with the right office coordinator. I'll definitely take Julio all day long. Mm-hmm. Julio would be a monster. I put it like this: put Julio on. Let's just say the Rams. I, you know what? Put Julio on the Seahawks with Russell Wilson, and I still think that he would be a beast. Oh, buddy! Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> you, you think about that, man. You put him with Russell Wilson. You give Russell Wilson a player like. Julio Jones, you'll be talking about them uh, being potential um, Super Bowl candidates again. Ooh, uh, I'm going to let that marinate. I'm, I'm going to let that marinate. Uh, it's possible. It's poss- It's definitely possible. Uh, yeah. But uh, I definitely think A.J. Green is a, as a guy that's getting slept on left and right just due to the fact that, you know, he has Andy Dalton uh, quarterbacking him. But Andy Dalton's had a pretty good season, and you know, they, they ripped off a nice one yesterday as well. So they're doing what they need to do. Um, they scored 24 unanswered points against the Dolphins yesterday after they were up 17 to 3. So, you know, the, the Bengals are balling. They're 4 and 1 right now. So, you know, they got the division lead in NFC uh, Central. But 
Uh, it'll be definitely interesting to see, man. But uh, moving along, moving along, moving along, man. What did you think of the Sunday night game, the showdown in the Lone Star State, man? Uh, bro, the, the, you was there. You was actually there first time, man. How was the environment, bro? The environment was 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 ridiculous, bro. But here's the thing: it's the second home game in a row where the fans have been have been more fans for the opposing team than it has been for the home team, man. Do you know that there was more uh, Colts fans than more Texas fans last weekend? Uh, no, they played in Indianapolis. Okay. I'm talking about last time when New York came here. There's a lot of New York Giants fans, just like last night, man. I mean, Sunday night there was a lot of Dallas Cowboy fans to the point where. The Dallas Cowboy defensive players started pumping up the crowd, bro, and they got loud. It was a lot. Well, you but, know, Cowboys fans—they're deep. I mean, they're they're all over the nation. So, I mean, but I, I didn't think, know. That, I didn't know it was like that, though. Yeah, and the thing. So the thing was, man. You know, the game defensively it was a really good game, but you know, there was just too many. They the the Texans have too many offensive weapons, man. At the end of the day, DeAndre Hopkins did what he had to do in order mm-hmm. to get open. But you know, the, it also speaks to the fact that the the, the Cowboys. Man, the Cowboys need they they just they need to start over, man. They've got to get rid of Jason Garrett. I mean, he has ran his course, man. Move him up to the front office, Jerry, if you like him that much. Mm-hmm. But you got to get a head a head coach in here that's going to hold these players accountable. You also have to get in an offensive coordinator that's going to mix mix up the plays a little bit. Scott Linehan has been doing a little bit more lately, but he's just not good enough, man. He the it's the, he's the ran he's ran his course. So get someone else up in here. You definitely need. Like your wide receivers, man. The wide receivers are are trash. I'm just gonna say it. They're mm-hmm. garbage, bro. Mm-hmm. And in that locker room after the game, man, Ezekiel Elliott was fire. Man, I'm listen. I can't repeat what he said because it's off the record. But bro, when I tell you that him and some other players in that locker room, they don't like losing, man. And that's what gave me like because I'm ready to give up on the Cowboys. But man, seeing them in that locker room and the way they felt after that, bro, it was just like. Wow, and so you know, give credit to the Houston Texans. There, you know, their defense uh, was, was serviceable. They played pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the 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 Deshaun Watson, um, he may be nursing an injury though, bro. So you mm-hmm. know, he had to be checked a lot of times. And um, so I don't yeah, know I know he was getting whacked left and right. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow when I go down to the stadium, I'll find out a little bit more on what's going on. But I mean, you know, like I said, overall, the Texans should have won. The Cowboys are not a good team. I mm-hmm. mean. You know, for as much as the, the fans love to think that, you know, that they're going to have a good team and always go to the Super Bowl. But the, the Cowboys just aren't a good team, man. So the Texans did what they were supposed to do. They took advantage of a, a, a team playing bad, a, a team that's not that good, but still only a half a game out of the NFC East. Let, let me ask you this question, BB. And I thought and I got to thinking about this right now as you were talking about it. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to ask you two questions. One. I know Jerry Jones was very, very critical, saying that we haven't had a number one uh, uh, wide receiver in some years. I don't know if that was to throw shade at Des Bryant, but to go back, that's, so that's my for one question: uh, Is Des Bryant the number one receiver? And then number two, BB, dude, like I'm looking at this receiver set that they have, and I think this is probably by far the worst. I think besides maybe the. San Francisco 49ers, I think the Dallas Cowboys has the worst set of wide receivers in the league. Is that safe to say? Here's the thing, Eric. Uh, first thing, I don't know if you've seen the way Dez, Dez Brad responded to Jerry Jones. He's like, you're right. Uh, y'all haven't had one because Jason Whitehead was listed as the number one wide receiver for years. So you're right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing. And, and you know, uh, 
And I mean, but you think about it, man. Dak Prescott even came out and said that BS uh, in the offseason that, you know, you know, no team really needs a number one wide receiver. We have guys here. Yeah, for real, you have guys there that can do what? You're, you're, um, your number one receiver, your, your receiver with the most receptions at 22 is your running back. Mm-hmm. And so that tells you a lot. When you have, when you're tight end and you're, and you're running back or lead or your leading receivers, that lets you know what kind of quarterback you Shut have. Down. Exactly. And so, you know, you look at Alan Hearns, he's not having a great season, no touchdowns. Uh, I think he got like 84 yards. Deontay Thompson. I mean, Jeff Swamp is, is having one of the better years. And what is he? The tight end. He's a blocking tight end. He's a he's a blocking tight end, if I'm not mistaken. Exactly, man. Cole Beasley, he's been open. Dak just can't get him the ball for some reason. So it's it's one of those things, man, where uh no, nah, man. They, they 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 need some uh they need some help. Very, yeah. very bad. And this is one of the worst wide receiver cores I've seen in a very long time. For sure, man. And not to mention, you know, I think Tavon Austin was supposed to be what Tyreek Hill is in the in as far as what Tyreek Hill does in Kansas City. That's what Tavon Austin was supposed to be when he first came in the league from West Virginia. And he has not panned out well at all. Uh his whole career has been somewhat of a letdown. But uh um it's definitely interesting to see what the Cowboys end up doing because I think they're I think Cowboys the Cowboys are ending now. They're like, you know, we 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 think we good. But you know, deep down inside, like man, we ain't that good, bro. Like we can't contend with some of these boys. But uh, it, it's just interesting to see like how much, how so much into now they are right now, um, as far as where they are as a franchise. Like you said, Jason Garrett has ran his course. I think he's two years too late of being there. Um, uh, Scott Linehan, I've never thought he was been a, an amazing offensive offensive coordinator. I think he's just had the right tools, and he's just the things fell into the right place for him. And now this is the first year where he actually has to do things. Um, actually has to do a lot more X's and O's is trying to get other players involved. So, um, yeah, it, it's I think it's time for the Cowboys to hit the reboot button. But at the same time, I just think that they're in denial, bro. But, uh, it, yeah, it is what it is, man. But uh, yeah. I want to move on to uh, something else that took place last night. I, uh, I don't know if you watched the Monday night game, but uh, we saw history, bro. Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit earlier in the show about Drew Brees, but uh, Drew Brees is now the all-time uh, NFL passing yards leader. Um, he almost hit the up. Uh, he almost hit the. He almost was able to accomplish two milestones last night. Um, if he was able to hit uh, that 500 touch, the career touchdown pass um, for his career. But uh, the New Orleans Saints just uh, went to work on the team from the Washington, uh, the team from Washington D.C. Uh, 43 to 19, and then there was somewhat of a. a uh, a, a Twitter beef between uh, Josh Norman and uh, Mike, Michael Tom, Thomas from uh, from each respective team. But uh, I, I said it last night, bro. There was no way the New Orleans Saints was going to lose last night. Like, that was literally a homecoming. You know how you sit there and set up a homecoming game, bro? You're supposed to sit there and smash that team like 70 to 0, bro? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what that game was last night. And uh, where, where do you think Drew Brees rates as a quarterback in there, as far as your all times? Oh man, he's definitely top ten. Mm-hmm. And let me see, of all time, yeah, yeah, Drew Brees is in my top ten only because he is one man. I, Drew Brees has been accurate, uh, accurate quarterback for a very long time. He has high interceptions, you know, mm-hmm. but he has high pass attempts as well. But uh, yeah, he he rank, he definitely ranks in my in my top ten. Even though he only has one Super Bowl, that doesn't matter to me. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. is. Very good at what he does to be that accurate and be that short. Yeah, the brother went twenty six for twenty nine over three hundred yards last night. 
uh, with with three touchdowns. And I mean, this dude was like here throwing, just hitting the seams. And you got to think about how hard it is to play at the highest level of NFL football at only six feet tall, and that's reaching it for this man that he's six feet tall. But um, it's definitely interesting. You know, I definitely think that he is. If you say top ten, I would say. So not in any particular order. I got Breeze, Montana. A lot of people don't realize what Warren Moon was doing back in his heyday. Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Dan Marino, John Elway, Tarkanian. And yeah. You got Drew Brees as number one? No, no, I'm not, not in particular order. I didn't even put Drew Brees oh. as number one. I had Tom Brady. I was just saying, and in, in, in just, just rattling off names before I could even put in Drew Brees. Oh, gotcha. But uh, yeah, I could say I could definitely say he's in the top ten. But uh, you know, he he's he he revolutionized the game, especially so soon. You know, um, especially by just coming to Minnesota. You know, you got I mean, not Minnesota, Lord, uh, New Orleans. You got to think about. Uh, you know, he was supposed to go to Miami, but you know, I don't even remember. I don't know if you remember that Pro Bowl game where he practically almost lost his whole arm in, in a, a freak shoulder ax, uh, injury. Where they the doctors only gave him like a twenty percent chance of ever playing the, the game of football again, and he was able to just basically reinvent the way the passing game works in the, in the NFL. Oh yeah, most definitely, man. He uh, he he definitely came back with the uh, with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. That contract, you know, and I'm pretty sure San Diego always looks back and be like, we should have just gave him the money because you know they wanted to give him at that time fifty million dollars, but a lot of it was incentive based. He mm-hmm. only had a two million dollars. It was almost one of those Le'Veon Bell type contracts. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. And not to mention, I think Philip Rivers had already got drafted too. Uh, that same year that Drew Brees uh, ended up being a free agent, but uh, yeah, I just want—I just definitely want to. Hey, bro, I think the Saints might be legit with Mark Ingram coming back as well. Um, I think they might be the real deal. I know last night was a homecoming game for them, but I think with Mark Ingram coming back, that takes a huge load off of Alvin Kamara. Um, I, I don't see Drew Brees stopping right now. The defense looks—you know—they defense looked like a whole different type of uh, team. Like that was a defense that I haven't recognized this whole season with New Orleans, but I think they might be legit, bro. What man are you talking about? I mean, we're also talking about a team that has Alex Smith as a quarterback on the other side of the ball in, in who they were playing. That team from Washington is, man, they're, they're not going to be good for a very long time. They don't have any good players on that team, bro. I, I can't name you. I maybe can name you. Is Vernon Davis still playing for them? Yeah, side note, I saw Vernon Davis in Hawaii. He was in the same elevator as me. Um, my 30th birthday, when I spent my 30th birthday out in Hawaii, I'm like, oh, Vernon Davis. And here's a crazy thing, BB. I had to uh-huh. ask him, I was like, are you still in the league? Or like, where you at? Uh-uh. I did. No, I, you did. On, on everything. You can ask me, Nika, bro. So I said, um, are you still in Denver? He said, nah, man, I'm in D.C. I said, oh, so you went back to the house. He was like, nah, I played for the Redskins. And I was just like, oh, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then like, he just rolled on out the elevator. I was like, oh, shoot, I don't, I don't, oh, I didn't know you were still in the league. <laughs> man, right? So right. that's a true story, bro. True story, man. Stayed at the same hotel as me in Hawaii, and I ran into him. I was like, "Oh, you Vernon Davis?" And I, I didn't know he was still in the league, bro. I thought he dipped, he boogied on out after you left uh, the Denver Broncos. So, um, yeah, yeah, he still he still plays for the uh, rescue. Uh, he still plays for the R's, man. See what I'm saying? So I think Alex Smith. Let me see. I maybe can name five of the team, uh, five players from that team. Let's see: Alex Smith, Adrian Peterson. Chris Thompson. He's uh, nice. I like him. Yeah, uh, Vernon Davis and uh, what's the dude's name that came from Carolina? Him. Uh, Josh Norman. Him. I know, I know five people from that team, and that's it. 
And now that's Jordan Reed. Who you don't know Jordan the, Reed, the tight end? The, the uh, how, okay, so here's the thing: how many? I, I I know who he is when you say his name, but because of the fact that he can't stay on the field, no, I don't remember this guy. True, true, true. <laughs> they got Paul Richardson. He's nice. Uh, he came from Seattle. Uh, uh, the wide receiver. Yeah, he's nice. I like him. He is, but he's still a nobody. Uh, who's the uh, safety for them? Uh, number thirty-six. Uh, gosh. Yeah, you're struggling. To yeah, find you're out. right. That's what I'm. Saying, I'm trying man. to name like three other players that I can name that ain't that you just didn't name. So, swear DJ Swearinger, I believe, plays for them. Uh, really? I think so. I think, the defensive back. Yes, I think he plays for them. I think so. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. All I'm saying is this, man. Since, since, uh, you know the okay, so like. The Shanahan's were there. They underachieved. Gruden is there. They're underachieved. Man, they have not been good for a very long time, brother. And, and you know what? The Washington gets away with it because don't nobody really care about Washington. But not as long Washington, as Dan Snyder's the, uh, the owner there. There ain't nobody going to care about them boys over there. Like, they've done – go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say exactly. And he's just about – like, he is nothing but Jerry Jones East. He's a young – he's like a 30-year a younger version of Jerry Jones. Like, this dude is a clown, like – I don't know what he thinks of uh, all the way dating back to when he hired Steve Spurrier as their coach. Um, you know, they ran uh, RG3 down to the ground. Uh, you know, they didn't really do their due diligence with Kirk Cousins. And now they think that Alex Smith is, I mean, that was a washout to me. Like you said, like, I think that that was an even out trade as far as getting rid of Kirk Cousins to bring Alex Smith in. Uh, but I, I just don't know what they're, what, I don't know what they could do at this point to make them relevant. Like, they ain't been relevant since the Hogs, bro. You know, like, since the Hogs. And that was what, they, with, with Doug Williams? Be, yep, the only way they could be relevant is if they move to the CFL. Yes, or – yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but they're they're they off the chain. I, I don't know. But um, I want to touch a little bit uh, – you know, I know we're a little pressed for time tonight, but, uh, man, I know you were able to catch capture the uh, Houston uh, Astros just, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. They was able to beat the Cleveland Indians uh, very handily, and now they're moving. They punched their ticket in to the ALCS for the second consecutive year. So they, the, the championship defense is uh, is rolling. It looks like they, uh, you know, they're they're waiting to see who they will be playing between uh, Boston and New York. Man, I know you were there. You, you know, you wrote a. Uh, you, I think you're in the process of writing another mean piece out there on the Astros. Man, what's the environment um, in that uh, Astros dugout, man? Oh man, in in the dugout, uh, bro, that they're they are a cohesive unit. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that there's nothing that you can do or say. There's nobody that can come in and disrupt that man. They literally, they 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 literally and figuratively love each other, man. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing that you can do. They all have each other's back, no matter what, man. And that's that's the kind of you know. It's almost in sports. It's it's something that you don't really see anymore. You don't see an an entire group of people who get along like that, man. And mm-hmm. they do. I mean, and, and it's not, and it's not fake. It's genuine. I mean, you should see the way the interaction that like a young player, like Alex Bregman has with like a Justin Verlander, mm-hmm. you know, somebody has been in the league or you should see how Marwin Gonzalez is around Tony Kemp, man. They literally just have fun and they, they, they love each other. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, BB, if you are the Astros right now, 
who who would you rather face? Do you want to see the New York Yankees or do you want to see Boston? Because I know Boston, man. I know that you know they put a schlacking on the Yankees last night, sixteen to one, I believe was the score. Um, but mind you, you know they're they're top two top two gunners with Chris Sale as well as David Price. They have not been up to par, and they seem to crumble every every year in the postseason. Especially David Price, man. I think it's like zero and seven with the over six ERA in, in in the postseason, and Chris Sale seems to never pan out well. I know he had, he won his first game in Game One, but do you think that the Astros have you know? Do you think that either the Yankees or the Astros, uh, Yankees or the Red Sox, I should say, stand a chance against the Astros? Uh, the best chance that the American League has is the Red Sox against the Astros. And that's only because the, the, the Red Sox have very good bats. Mm-hmm. And, and so a mean bullpen. Yeah. Uh, and so, and the, but the Astros have a very good bull, a bullpen with Presley and Osuna as well. And now they got Lance McCullers Jr., a former starter, coming out of the bullpen. So, man, it's one of – and they got uh, James. Um, so, they got – man, that – they're loaded. The Astros are loaded, man. And the one thing I like about it is a lot of it, you know, they're homegrown, of course, outside mm-hmm. of Gary Cole but, and uh, Maldano. Uh, but, man, I don't I don't know. I mean, the Astros even went – well, when the Astros went to Boston, man, they took two out of three. It should have been a clean sweep. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they got cheated um, mm-hmm. on the Altuve to uh, home play. So gotcha. the, Astros have, the Astros have a team, man, that – I don't know, man. I, I I really don't know. It's it's going to take it's going to take to beat them in a seven game series. You have to play a complete seven games. Throw that everything in the kitchen sink at them boys, man. Because I'm not gonna lie, BB. Um, you know I've been watching baseball for a long time, and I have to say this is the first time in a long time that this is probably a defending champion team that I've had the most most confidence in them repeating. You know, I don't think since the Yankees, I can think of another team that went back to back um, dating back to the mid nineties. It's always been, you know, a team here, a team there, you know, a team that wins every other year, like the giants. Um, the, it's only the, been 14. It's yeah. only been 14 back to back champions. Yeah. So it's super duper rare to do it in baseball. And, you know, anytime you get into posters, it's almost a crapshoot. So, um, but being that as being that as it may, you know, I think Milwaukee, you know, I think a lot of teams are sleeping on them. Um, I'm not too sure how I feel about the Dodgers yet. Um, Manny Machado has showed up for the place postseason. Um, it was going to be very interesting to see with him transitioning to the National League, um, him being on a huge stage, especially in a market like uh, Los Angeles, how he would do. But he seems to have transitioned well. Yasiel Puig. Uh, you know, I, he's starting to become one of my favorite players in the, in the game of baseball. He just has so much fun. He plays with so much passion. Um, he's doing what he needs to do. And um, But at the same time, you know, Milwaukee has a nice bullpen. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see what the big bats of L.A. is going to be able to do against Milwaukee, man. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see, too. But I would love to see another L.A. Um, Houston uh, World Series just so the Astros could beat them again, just so I could tell my one of my best friends who's a Dodgers fan. Ah! I don't even want to see. Well, I'm a I'm a diehard San Francisco Giants fan. I don't want to see LA even sniff the World Series just because you know they may have a chance. But you know if they do make it, I don't care who comes out of the AL. I'm definitely rooting for the AL, man. Yeah, me too, bro. But anyways, moving on. So it is that time again. It's that time again. It's time to give out the big dummy of the day award, man. BB, the floor is yours. I'm gonna let you have it today, man. Man, listen, I am going to have to say. 
I'm going to give my big dummy award to former NFL player who I never knew until maybe like a couple of days ago even played in the NFL, which means that he's like kind of irrelevant to me, even though he played for my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. And I've been a Dallas Cowboy fan since I was knee high to a duck butt. And I don't remember you. You played offensive line for who? Well, you're on the practice squad, sir. Brian Baldinger. Let me tell you something, Mr. Baldinger. Just because you were in the NFL for 12 years, that does not give you the right to think that you know any and everything about football better than other people. No, I never played in the NFL. I don't claim to be. And there are some things that I will bow down to a force that's greater than me when it comes to NFL talk. I've been in NFL locker rooms as a reporter, as a journalist. I've never been in the NFL locker room as a player. So I don't know what happens after we walk out. I don't know. It only besides the things that I've been told by former NFL players, former and current NFL players. So I, I never claim to say I know any and everything about the NFL. But what I do know, you know, what I was blessed with, God has blessed me with a special set of skills to be able to sit down and dissect uh, a game. I can look at plays and be like, man, wait a minute. this something ain't right about this. Or I can call a play. I, I definitely know that. I played the game. I just didn't play it at a higher level like, like Mr. Baldinger did. You know, I'm going to call him Baldinger and maybe Ballander or something. I don't know. Anyway, so me and him, he gets the big dummy award because he put up a play today on a, it was a fourth, and I want to say fourth and in inches, maybe fourth. It was fourth and less than one when the Philadelphia Eagles were playing against the Minnesota Vikings. And what he tried to convey to the people was that this was a, a great play by a great quarterback, meaning a great play by Carson Wentz because he trusted Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, and I said, well, actually, because this is what it was, Eric, and I'm going to take just a couple of seconds. Mm -hmm. They were playing. They were playing uh, man. They were playing outside man zone up top and zone in the middle. So they were pressing. They were pressing the outside receivers, but everybody else was in zone. Okay. So when uh, when Alshon Jeffrey comes off the ball, so he has a man already on him. He's on the right side. He already has a defender on him. He goes and does like a little five yard out. He may not have been even five yards. So now here's the thing. When he goes out, he has a defender on him and the cornerback. The linebacker is shifting over his way, and you have a safety over the top. So there's three men in the area, and Carson Wentz throws the ball over there. And he was like, oh, look how you can trust him. I was like, uh. But if Carson Wentz would have been smart and come off that read knowing that there's a uh, that he's covered, like he's literally covered. In order, he made the catch, but it was a spectacular catch. He had to come back, reach for it, and secure it. Eric, all he had to do, all Carson Wentz had to do, is come off that first read, look in the middle of the field. Eric, there was a wide receiver, wide open. That if he'd have threw it to him, touchdown, bro. He'd have caught that and ran in for a touchdown. Now here's the thing, too. Not only was that guy open, a second guy came right behind him and was wide open too. So what I tried to con convey to him and the rest of the people who were, you know, caping and cheering for him was, it's a bad play. He threw into he threw into traffic where he didn't have to, where if he'd have turned his head and looked in the middle of the field, he would have been able to get a score or at least a lot more yards than what he got. And so he tried to come back and say, Eric, this is what happened when people don't like to admit that they're wrong. They changed the narrative. So he came back and said, yeah, you're probably the guy who wouldn't have gone for it on uh, fourth and one in the Super Bowl either. Uh, what does that have to do with anything, sir? What does the Super Bowl have to do with the fact that this is a bad play that you're trying to call good and pass this off as a good play? And you know what I said? Uh, okay, man, whatever, you can have it.
That's why I don't like these people to get caught up in these former athletes and listen to what they have to say. Like they're, you know, like their word is, is God's word. And because you're going to have, this is the thing, Eric, you're going to have some people who are going to use that same analogy that he did to make a case for Carson Wentz being a great quarterback and making this spectacular pass when actually he made it harder than what he had to do when he did. All he had to do was, you know, make his other reads like in, like a, like a quarterback should do. And so, you know, that made me do, I said, you know what? I got to come back. I got to, back off Dak Prescott just a tad bit because he ain't the only one that's making bad plays. Especially in the NFC. And I'm looking at this clown, uh, this character, Mr. Ball, Mr. Balding and Mr. Bryant. Looks like he got suspended back in 2016 for some bounty remarks uh, from, looks like, the affiliate out there in Philadelphia. Um, looks like uh, this guy's an interesting character, but he did get suspended for six months through the uh, NBC Sports Network uh, and the local affiliate out there in Philadelphia. Um, often making some bounty bounty hunter remarks uh, against them. So um, there you have it. This guy, Mr. Baldinger, I've never heard who you are. Neither do I really <laughs> take you serious. Um, <laughs> but, okay, you got the big dummy, the dwarf. It's kind of funny that you kind of tied into a fourth and one uh, analogy because that is exactly who I'm digressing into, and that's exactly who I'm about to go give my big dummy the award to, and that is you, Mr. John Gruden, the head coach of the Oakland Raiders. Uh when are we going to learn that Marshawn Lynch can drag practically 2,200 pounds worth of dead man weight? When are you guys going to start? When are you and Pete Carroll going to open up your eyes and know that if you're on the go- on your goal line at the one yard line, you do not pass the ball. You do not check and you do not out of audible out of a play and pass the ball on first and goal at the one yard line. You give the ball to Mr. Number 24, Mr. Marshawn Lynch from Oakland, California, and you sit there and work with what you got. Once again, Derek Carr, he checks out of the play. They actually no, he didn't check out of the play. The play call was actually a passing play call, and he instead of giving Marshawn Lynch the ball on first and goal, they throw I think a play action pass, and Melvin Ingram BB is standing right there in the middle of the end zone. They play the zone, which is very rare in, in on a goal line stance that you would even play zone. Melvin Ingram literally gets out of his three point stand, takes like two steps back. He's sitting in the middle of the doggone end zone, and Derek Carr throws him the ball. I mean, it doesn't get any easier than that for an uh, interception to take place. Instead of, once again, you give the – instead of giving the ball to Marshawn Lynch, you sit there and throw the ball. Why? Have we not learned what takes place in the in Super Bowl? Um, I believe that was 51 uh, against the New England Patriots and the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Have we, not, have we not learned our lesson yet? Have we not learned you do not sit there if you have one of the best short, short yardage running backs that you give him the ball. And you know what? And you know what? When he got asked the question, maybe what his response was? What was that? I probably – he said that's probably not going to be the last time I ever throw the ball at the one-yard line if I had Marshawn Lynch in the backfield. Wow. So, therefore – That guy. Yeah. So, therefore, Mr. John Gruden, uh, you deserve the Big Dummy of the Day uh, award. Um, I don't know what you guys have going on, but the Oakland Raiders, you guys are in the disarray. You guys are looking more foolish and foolisher these days. Um, you are becoming the laughing stock in the NFL. And I am not going to lie, baby. Uh, this whole year, this, this, these past couple of years, I, I, you know, a lot of people have been hard on Derek Carr. I've been the one kind of trying to de- uh, defend him, but I'm starting to see why people are so hard on Derek Carr. He makes some boneheaded plays. Like, what are you doing passing the ball out of like that? But once again, it goes back on the coach, Mr. John Gruden. You're responsible for the team. You wanted to sit here and act like you were going to be the end-all, be-all savior. You got a whole bunch of players, signed them to over, you know, you're over 30 years old with the oldest team on, on the uh, oldest team, oldest roster in the NFL, and yet you still have not panned out but a 
lucky win against the Cleveland Browns. So there you have it. You are the big dummy today. And you'll probably won't be. Hey, here, whoa, whoa, Eric, I got a question. I got a question. What's up? Did Amari Cooper have another bad game? Well, did Derek Carr not get the ball to Amari Cooper on yesterday either? No, like, it, it was a terrible game. Like, it, it was just a terrible game. Um, it's, once again, those that's just the Jack, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde games where we just don't know what type of Oakland Raiders offense we're going to get. Um, I think Jordy Nelson scored a garbage-time touchdown where the game was just out of hand at that point. But um, it, it's just I, – I don't know what's going on uh, with Amari Cooper. He's the, he's the youngest one out of this uh, receiving core, and he's just not asking. He's not demanding the ball. Um, I, I just don't know what's going on at this point, man. It's just it's just sad, man. It's just sad because this is possibly um, the last year that they will be in Oakland. And Amari Cooper, you can't just be having one catch for 10 yards, bro. I'm sorry. You need to do something. You don't have to do a little bit better than that, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, there you have it. That's our show. That's our, uh, you know, our week five NFL wrap-up show. You know, we kind of tied in a little bit of baseball as well. But, you know, um, we will be doing this again. Um, we got a lot more to do. You know, we got some. We got some. We, you know, the month of October has been good to us, BB. I ain't gonna lie, bro. It's been a great month so far, man. We only eight days in, man. Yeah, exactly, bro. So exactly. It, it's gonna be a. It's gonna. This month is gonna be lit, bro. But uh, you know, uh, just tell them where they can find you guys so they can keep seeing this uh, momentum that we're doing, bro. Hey, man, you can find me at Big Star Sports with a Z on the end. Dot com. And it has everything that you need to know to find me right there. R-A-T, right there. <laughs> That's what's up. And you can also catch my boy, Mr. Brian Bearfield, a.k.a. Big Sarge, at legendarykyok.org um, to check out his week every day, every day from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch my big brother out there doing his thing with the, uh, with his own radio show, Big Sarge Sports Radio, um, every day. Check out the, you know, if you're not in the Houston area, you can definitely check it in and listen online. You also follow him on any social media. He, he records the show live, so it's right there. He even goes in and is able to answer some of your questions while he's doing this show. So definitely check out the show because I'm on there every Thursday at 3.30 Central Time to uh, give my take. I got my own little segment out there as well. You can find me on Instagram at Money Compton as well as Facebook at Eric Compton. Don't forget to email the show at sportsbusiness, S P O R T Z B I Z N E S S at gmail.com, man. Other than that, BB, man, I ain't got nothing else to say, bro. I'm still mad at hey. John Gruden, bro. Hey, man, I'm out. Hey, we out. Y'all take it easy. <laughs>